Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, here we are, and happy Father's Day indeed. And I want to say happy Father's Day to all the men who are near, who are very close to this campus, and even those that are far away. And I want to reiterate that anybody can win today. Uh, we have prizes uh, for all the men. There's going to be some questions there on, and what, in the broadcast while it's going on. And I think even if you're watching this this afternoon or early evening, I think up to 10 o'clock at night, you can still get your name in the hat for the drawing. So we want to be able to honor you. Uh, this morning, I want to salute all the dads, especially who have just stayed in the game. Because I know sometimes staying in the game is the hardest part. I want to salute the dads who have gotten back in the game. Uh, for whatever reason, you stepped out, uh, but then you got back in the game. Uh, the role that you play in our families is huge. It is huge. I want to give a shout out uh, to, to my dad. Say happy Father's Day to my dad. In fact, here's a picture right here of my dad. Uh, my dad is 90 years old. He is a retired pastor, but he never fully retired uh, because he is still teaching me. Uh, he is teaching me what it is to follow Jesus. He is teaching me how to be married some 67 years to the same woman in sickness and in health as he nurtures my mom, who's getting better, by the way, uh, but he takes care and nurtures my mom as she's recovering from that broken hip. And uh, man, Dad, I just salute you and I honor you. Uh, I also am a, a husband and a father and a papa. Here is my family. Uh, Dallas and I have been married some 41 years now. We have um, amazingly three favorite sons. Uh, we have three favorite daughter-in-laws that we love just like they came from our own bodies, our own blood. And uh, last but not least, uh, we, we have seven, we have seven granddogs. I got to say that because, but notice there's no cats. I'm just saying, man, there's no cats. There's a victory in my corner. Seven granddogs. And thus far, we have one, last but not least, granddaughter. Her name is Lennox James Owen. And uh, she makes this Papa's heart beat a little faster and the smile a little bigger on my face. And Dallas and I are praying for multiple births of, of, of future grandchildren. And I want to say something to all the young parents out there. You know, who sometimes all you young parents who sometimes your, your amygdala kicks in, right, goes crazy uh, because you want to kill your two-year-olds or you want to kill your teenagers, I want to discourage you from doing that. Uh, because grandchildren are your reward uh, for not <laughs> killing your children at the younger times in their life. It is well worth it. Uh, man, it's just, uh, man, it's awesome to be a dad in this world and to be a husband uh, in the order, husband, dad, and, and to be a papa. It, it really is. Now, if the mother, if the mother is the glue, uh, if the mother is the stickum, if the mother is the adhesive that holds the family together, if, if the mother is the calendar keeper, right, uh, that makes sure everybody gets to where they need to be and get there on time, uh, the dad, the dad is the mason, the father is the mason who pours and works the cement into a slab, into this foundation, uh, not just which upon to build a home or a house, but to build lives, uh, to build and shape identities, even the very faith of those who would come in the next generation. Our nation, perhaps more than any other time, our nation is in need of some godly fathers. Our families, 
our households are in need of some men to step up and show up and to become the husbands and the dads and the grandparents that their children believe them to be and need them to be. So this morning, I I would like to speak a word of encouragement and hope, a a word of challenge and a word of healing, Uh, not just to some men, but also to some children of some fathers to just encourage them. Uh, This morning, if you are someone who has been fathered well, I hope by the time we end this message, you have a greater admiration, love, and respect for your father. Uh, If you're someone who has not been fathered well, uh, that you will recognize some of the voids in your life and why you may be the way you are, and you're going to strive to get those voids filled because they still can be. If you are a single mom who has the responsibility of of oversight over children uh, in your life without the presence of a father active in your life, uh, you're going to see some voids, perhaps. You're going to become aware of the voids, and you're going to be stimulated on how you can find a surrogate father because there are surrogate fathers. Uh, There are uncles and there are grandfathers. And there are men in this beautiful thing called the church, near and far, who can fill some of the voids in your children's life that they might need from a father. And if you're single, with or without children, and you think there could be a husband and a father in your future, uh, I'm going to point out some things that you might want to be looking for uh, before you say, I will and I do, so you never say, I did. <laughs> so we just kind of want to help you a little bit and do, do some of that. And we're going to go to the scriptures here and pray here. But before we do that, dads, hey, I just want to take a quick look. Hey, Chris, uh, Alan, how are things going out there? The grill? Hey, we're going good. So it, we're, about, we're about midstream right now. As you can tell, we got some veggies going. We already pulled some chicken and some jalapenos off. We got some... Bacon wrapped asparagus. We got some kebabs and a few other things. So, so Alan, tell me really quick, what, what sort of grilling hacks do you have for the men out there at this point of the grilling? You want to make sure that your chicken or your beef is not getting overcooked. Don't so, overcook the meat. And, and, I, and I tell you, if you take your fist right here, there's three different parts of your hand right here in your fist. If you're wanting a rare steak, it's going to be nice and rare in the inside of your hand. And as you move outward, it's going to get to be well done. Yeah. So if you think about that, and that's what you want to feel when you're feeling that meat. If you want to cheat, and it's okay to cheat, go out and buy yourself an Instarine meat thermometer. <laughs> Man, especially with chicken, it'll work out great. Now, as you can tell, the, the weather is not panned out the way that we'd hoped. But, man, if you're home grilling, you know the family expects food, rain or shine. So sometimes this is... That's what you got to deal with, so you just got to roll with it, and the, the meat's still cooking, so we're in good shape, Rick. Okay, well, hey, listen, maybe that rain to make sure the food doesn't dry out. <laughs> maybe so. Yeah, maybe that's so. all I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> you guys, y'all, y'all keep working. We'll get back to you. All right. All right. Uh, okay, so here we are, Daz. We're going to give you a little bit of stuff, but I want to give you some things. But before we go there, um, I, I want to pray before we open the Word, okay? Uh, good morning, Father. And first of all, we acknowledge that you are all of our fathers. You are, you are a good, good father. And we, we are your children, your daughters, and your sons. 
And, and today, God, on, on this day, we recognize those, those men in our life, those grandparents, those, aunt, those uncles, uh, those mentors, those coaches, those teachers who have filled the role of a male in our life that we needed to help raise us and shape us. And God, on this day, I know there are, there are some fathers who are grieving because in the past year, God, in this place called Pathway, we have had lots of fathers who, who have lost a child to death, God. So I know today, God, for some men, is a really hard day. And God, I know that for some children, this is a really hard day because of a father who has gone to be with you, God, or for a father who has been absent in their life. So, God, we come from a myriad of places in our life in this thing called fatherhood, many of joy and celebration and thanksgiving as myself, who has been so fortunate and blessed, but many with voids in their life and a heart that hurts. So, God, as we open your word and we work through here this morning for a while, and in the clear and concise word, God, we pray that you would speak and teach us, minister to us, as you, even you show us men how we can minister to our families. Uh, we ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read here from, from Psalm, uh, Psalm 112. It's a great little, just a few verses, five or six verses, and uh, then I want to give you some stuff, man. First of all, it says, okay, praise the Lord. Uh, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who, who, who honor the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Here it comes, verse 2, because their children, their children will be mighty. They'll be strong in the land. Uh, that'll be a generation of the upright. Uh, they will be blessed, it says. Uh, they will have wealth and riches in their house. Uh, their righteousness, that is their rightness in their relationships, it will endure forever. Uh, in these children, uh, even in the darkness, the light will dawn upon those who are upright. Uh, for those who are gracious, for those who are compassionate, for those who are righteous, are there any men who would like to have children in their life that are successful, but not just success in wealth and riches, but who are gracious, who are compassionate, who are righteous? Good will come to those who are generous, children who are generous, who give freely, who conduct all of their affairs with justice, that is with honor. It says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. And here it comes to me in verse 6. Those kids, those families, they will be remembered forever for good. Now, that, that is a tall order uh, that a father, by the way he leads his family, leads his household, would have kids that would turn out like that. Uh, I, I want to give you men uh, five words. Those five words represent five characteristics, five principles that every man needs to have in their life to be a strong father. I don't care if you're 18 or 80. If you have the propensity, the biological means to be a dad, these are the basic, basic principles, characteristics of a person, of a human being that's going to be a strong father, have that mindset of a strong father. So I'm going to give you five words, men. That's all. I'll all begin with P. I want to encourage you to think about them this week. Create new neural pathways right in your mind of what it is to be a strong father. So let's dive right in. Here's the first one. A strong father, uh, number one, is a protector. A strong father is a protector. He is protective. Uh, he is concerned about your well-being. So much so, sometimes he gets on your nerves. Hey, where are you going? Uh, when are you going to be home? 
Who are you going to be with? Who is that? I mean, they are a protector. They have this natural inclination within their DNA to be concerned about your safety, about your well-being. Uh, a strong father understands it one day. Uh, they will stand before God because everyone who lives under their roof, under their house, is a part of their assignment to stand before God and say, hey, God, I, I have done everything I can to oversee, to protect, to take care of these you have placed under my care. A strong father is a protector. He protects against the enemy. He protects against deceit. He protects against trouble. He protects against stress. He protects against the wolves dressed in lamb's clothing that will try to get into your life. Uh, sometimes uh, the father's protector, not by what he says, by what he doesn't say, by his silence, sometimes he is protecting you. The Bible says over in Ephesians chapter 5 that the man, the husband, the father is the head over his house. And head doesn't mean necessarily what you think. That word literally means he is the covering, that he is the protector over his house. And there are some things that the father protects you from that you will never see. Because when trouble comes... It hits him first. If you are the leader in your house, I'm the leader in my house as a protector. That means when trouble comes, the trouble is to hit me first, hit you first. Man, we are to be the shield that when trouble comes and it blows in, that I stand out front so those people behind me, those people under the cover of my leadership, of my responsibility, they don't experience the full force of the wind. Man, here's a little truth that some of you may have a hard time accepting. Uh, in some of your households, in some of your families, the true value of your worth may not be known until you leave this earth. Because right now, you're blocking the wind. They don't know all you do. They don't understand all you take. They don't understand all that you're experiencing, all that you're going through. But one day, one day they'll go, whoa, man, I wish dad was here. Because if dad was here, he would be taking care of this. But now I have to and go, whoa, man, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, man, that sometimes in some families, in some households, you're blocking the wind. You're diverting so much. And they may not know what you're really worth until you leave this earth. But a good father, a strong father, is a protector over those under his roof. When Elisha was following Elijah, the one who was serving as his father, all, all Elisha had to do for the longest time was just wash his hands, was fill his hands up with water, go read the scriptures. And then the chariots of fire show up and carries Elijah off to heaven. And Elisha goes, whoa, now I've got to pick up my father's mantle and I've got to cross this stream by myself. If he was here, I wouldn't have to do it, but now I do. And i got to see if the God who brought my father through will now bring me through. Sometimes you don't know the worth of your father. While he's on this earth, because on the earth, he's blocking the wind. He's a protector. 
And I would say, if, if you're a father, if, if you're a father, if he's always complaining, if he's always coming home or coming back around the house talking about, oh, it's so hard. My life's so hard. I gotta do, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Man, you should appreciate me more. Uh, you ought to be grateful for all that I do, everything that I do. I, I'm just going to say you might want to check his father card because sometimes a father protects by his absolute silence. He just deals with stuff. And you don't have to deal with it because he's protecting you. And fathers, if by chance you have a son and you want him to grow up to be a good father, a strong father, uh, sometimes you got to step aside and let him experience a little of the force of the wind. Uh, sometimes that you don't protect your children by always protecting them. Uh, sometimes you got to let them experience exposed to a little trouble. Uh, you, you don't always go and pick them up and protect them when they cry. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you pick them up, but sometimes you tell them, you got to get up. You infuse that strength to get up and to show up because in this world, the world's not always going to, you know the reason why we have so many, we have so many boys that never become men? Because their whole life, they're just waiting for mama to come and daddy to come and kiss it and make it all feel better and to hug them and push them. And there's a time to do that, but there's a time that you protect them by exposing them and allowing them to fall down and to get back up. Get up. You can do this. You're an overcomer. A good father, a strong father, first of all, he is a protector. Second, a strong father is a provider. He is a provider. And he provides, I'm not talking, it's more than money. Uh, a strong father, he provides wisdom, provides friendship, provides counsel, provides camaraderie, companionship. A strong father provides perspective, insight. A strong father by his nature is a giver. Your life is richer and fuller just because he's in your life, because he adds value to your life. A providing does not mean that your father makes the most money of everybody, of the, all the other fathers. He may only make the most money in your house. Uh, ladies, you might make more money than him. Children, you might make more money than your father. Provision is not about money. But a strong father is working as hard as he can to provide all that he can that you need in your life. Hey, ladies that are single, let me just give you a little hint. If you're dating, if you're dating somebody and they have a stingy spirit, drop them. I don't care if he is fine as a glass of wine. <laughs> I don't care if he's so good looking, his hair's so wavy, he makes your tummy tickle, he makes your eyes kind of go goo-goo and your heart go pitter-pitter-pat. 
If he is stingy at 20, he'll be stingy at 70. Now, I'm not talking about having a man or a husband or a father who's going to give you everything you want. Some of us, we just want, 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 want. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a strong man, a strong husband, a strong father who is sensitive and aware of your needs. And he will work as hard as he can to provide for the needs of his home. The male species, like the female species, we're told in Genesis, are made in the image of God. And one of the names for God is Jehovah-Jireh, which means God will provide. You know what that means, man? That... Earthly fathers are to be like our heavenly father, right? We are made in his image that we are not takers, we are givers. Man, God has designed your body in such a way that your body to remind your heart that you were designed physically to be a giver, not a receiver. To fully give of yourself to the family because your family you are called to provide for. To give, not take. And fathers, again, let me just say this. Man, any, any dad, for any of your kids, particularly right now, I'm saying I'm passing down to sons. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic here. But if you do have sons, sometimes you just got to teach them what it means to get a job. Hey, Daddy, I'm in love. Daddy, I'm in love. I'm going to get married. I'm going to get married. Do you have a job? Oh, no, Dad. We're going to come live with you. What? You're going to come live with us? Hey, listen, if you're mad enough to get married, you're mad enough to get a job. Go find a minimum wage job. Go get you a lawnmower and mow some jobs. Go shovel a horse manure. I don't care. But if you're mad enough to be a husband and you're mad enough to have a kid, go get a job because fathers provide. They work to provide for their families. Second word is provide. Number three. A strong father is a promoter, a promoter. Someone who promotes anyone other than themselves. Men, your family does not exist to make you look good. You exist to make your family look good. Whoa. <laughs> Hate to blow to your ego, man. <laughs> but, but it's not about you looking good. If God the Father said about God the Son, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. God the Father about God the Son. There's going to come a time in a strong father's life when he realized your life is not about you. Your life is about your children and about your grandchildren grandchildren, period. I hear sometimes men battling and gra grappling and upset because they, they're having this battle with the enemy. They're fighting the enemy and all this. Hey, I want to tell you something. The evil one doesn't try to mess up your life because of you, because if you're 30 or 40 or 50, you're already messed up. You're already dysfunctional, and you're probably dysfunctional because something happened to you as a kid. 
And the evil one is fighting and messing you up, trying to get in your head, causing you to say something stupid or do something stupid. So you will pass on that generational curse down to your children to mess them up. But a good father, a strong father, promotes and lifts his kids up. You know what this means, young parents, young dads and young moms? Please listen to me. You have got to resist the urge to run when it gets hard. I know your dad ran away, or I know your mom ran away. But I want to encourage you to promote your family. And you say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stand still. I'm going to stay here. And I'm going to wait for the salvation of the Lord to fall upon my marriage, to fall upon my children, to fall upon my household. I am not going to quit until the work of the Lord is able to do all that it wants to do to hold this family together. The job of a dad is to promote, to lift up the sanctity and the well-being of your wife and of your children and of your grandchildren, to promote them over yourself. It's not about you. It's not about me, men. It's about our families. Fourthly, a strong father. Hey, before we do this, speaking of promoting, uh, I just got to see if they're still out there. Can we? Can, can, are they still out there? Chris, y'all still? <laughs> Is it raining? Oh, yeah, it's still raining, but we... I can't hear you. It's still raining, but we're good. Oh, I can't hear you. I hope they can hear you. Okay, but you're still there. Okay, that's all. I just want to make sure you're there. Okay, you're still there. Okay, just making sure they hadn't bugged out on us and they hadn't bailed. Okay, here's the fourth word, and I think this is one of the more important words. Two more men. Hang in there. We're going to get there quickly this morning. Uh, the fourth word is priest. The fourth word is priest. I know for some of you men, this is a churchy word. Uh, so I want to explain it to you. It's kind of a hard, religious word, kind of hard to understand. Uh, if you're not someone who's really involved in the church, you're going, what does this mean? In the Bible, uh, the father is often considered to be the priest over his household. Uh, that is why God called himself the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Uh, God did not become the God of Isaac until Isaac became a man and said, hey, he is my God. Uh, Jacob uh, did not really come to God of Jacob until Jacob wrestled with God all night long, becomes a man and said, yes, you are my God. And that the blessing of the heavenly father in the Jewish household was passed down through the earthly father who passes it down to the next generation, where the Jewish father would name his children he would speak life and identity into his children because he was the priest over his home. That is why when Noah finally beats that big old boat called the ark, right, uh, the very first thing he does is builds an altar to the Lord. Go read it in the scripture. He builds an altar to the Lord and offers prayers of thanksgiving to God. A strong father, that means a priest, has a prayer life. A priest is one who has a prayer life over their family. Now, I know there are some men who will say, well, you know, I mean, some ladies, excuse me, who just say, you know what, uh, my husbands or, or the father of my kids, uh, they don't pray. I don't even think they're praying. Hey, ladies, I want to make sure you understand something, is that men don't pray the same way as women do. 
I, I love it the way women, I love, I love to hear women pray. Uh, we got some strong women on this church staff. I love, we got women elders when they pray. I mean, I love it when they pray. I, I love to hear mothers pray. You can tell when you go into someone's house uh, when there's been a mother praying or been a grandmother praying because when, when mothers and grandmothers pray and wives pray over their husband, they pray with passion. I mean, they pray with motion. Oh, God, deliver them. God, take care of them. God, don't let this happen. God, this just can't be. Oh, God, please, 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 please take care of this child within my womb. God, please give my child, protect him from that hurt and that enemy. And they go on, and there's such passion and emotion just pours out of them, and their prayers go on, and they just give it. But most men don't pray that way. Here's how most men pray. Uh, God, uh, I need $500 by Friday. That's it. I'm just trusting you, God. Uh, I need a breakthrough. Boom. And that, that, that's it. But that's prayer. It is. Men, to be the priest over your house means not just that you have a church life, but that you have a prayer life. And a prayer life means that you've learned how to turn things over to God. If you don't learn how to turn things over to God, men... You're going to flip out. You're going to freak out the amygdala, and your mind's going to kind of go out, and your mind's going to explode. You're going to go, ah! The Bible says, we said this last week, man, the Bible says to cast all your cares on him. As your family, as your wife, as your children, they cast cares on you. They put trouble on you. You take the trouble. You take the issues. You take it upon you. You take it. You take it. You, you get to a point well, you got to go to God in prayer, and you got to say what we said last weekend, God, I'm going to do what I can do, and I'm going to give to you what I can't do, and I'm going to trust you, God, no matter what happens. Do we have any praying men in Pathway Church? I, I want to right now, if you're in the household, man, any dads, any granddads, man, I wish I could I'm close my eyes. I want to picture you raising your hands. We need some fathers and grandfathers in the house who are praying over their children. Are there any praying men out there who are pouring over the line as the priest over their household? Men, you know what the Bible says over there in, in Timothy? It says, hey, men, and it says specifically, men, I want you to lift your holy hands in prayer. Uh, the Scripture says we are to pray without ceasing. Woo! You know why, men? Because you're going to experience trouble without ceasing. When you're in a family and you're married and you have kids and they have friends and stuff and everything, that's just a fact of life. It's going to come without ceasing, and they're going to bring stuff to you, and you've got to manage it. You've got to take it to God. They're going to throw it on you. You've got to toss it to God, because if you don't learn how to pray and to turn your stuff over to God, uh, it's going to mess you up. Uh, that's why some of you started smoking again. Uh, that's why some of you started drinking again. That's why some of you have gaining weight again. That's why some of you are watching porn again. That's why some of you are more depressed again. That's why you're reclusive. That's why you're pulling away. Because somehow or another, you're taking all this stuff on, and you're not living and turning it over to God. Uh, some of you men, you think the biggest thing between you and God is your sin. I want to tell you right now, the biggest thing between you and God, it may not be your sin. It may be your lack of prayer, your lack of being the priest over your house. The scripture says this, if my people 
who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If they will seek my face, if they will turn from their wicked ways in prayer, you will hear a voice from heaven, and I will forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. I will hear your family. Hey, listen, church, the problem is not your sin. The problem is your lack of prayer because God heals you and takes care of so many things in you through the power of prayer. And me, I just want to share this right out with you. I don't pray over my wife. I don't pray over my sons, over my daughter-in-laws that I love like my own flesh and blood. I don't pray over my granddaughter as a pastor. I don't. I take it to a higher calling. And the higher calling as a husband and as a dad and as a papa, I am the priest over my house first. And I'm called to pray. Uh, several years ago, uh, Dallas and I, some of you have heard this story before. Dallas and I had been in Red River, New Mexico uh, with our youth. We had to come back early. We just got back. It's 11, 12-hour drive. Got back into the house. Jacob had to get the basketball, and I had to be here to teach, you know, here on, on the weekend. And, man, we have not hardly walked in the door, and the phone rings. It said, uh, Rick, uh, James, uh, it's our baby. James, he's been an he's a teenager. He was a football player, so much of a baby, right? Uh, he's been in an accident. Uh, he's unconscious. Uh, he's not responsive. Uh, we're going to take him uh, to care flight him to a hospital in Albuquerque. And I tell you what, as a dad, uh, my heart just went, I mean, I know all the color left my face, and I just felt my first response was shocking. No, not James, not James. Oh, well. And then I said, hey, listen, I put the phone up to James' ear. I said, James, uh, this is your dad. I'm on the way. Uh, Your mom and dad were coming. Uh, We're coming, and we're coming to take you home. I'm going to be there as quick as I can, son. You be there when I get there. And, man, I just hung up the phone, and I remember just just thinking, devil, you are a liar. You can't have my kid. No, 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 no. I mean, we made all these calls, made all the arrangements. You know, we're on our way to the airport, right? We're getting there, and we're still on the plane, you know, right there. And I called the nurse, and I said, hey, listen, uh, you, you, you tell James his mama and daddy are coming. His daddy, his mama were coming. We're on the way. I got off the phone. Buckled up that seatbelt. Man, I'm buckled in that plane, right? And we're on the plane, but I'm helping that plane fly. I mean, I'm just praying that to go as fast as it can. We land. There's a car there waiting for us. We jump in the car. We jump in the car. We can walk off from the hospital. We march down that hallway, and we turn into that room, and he is laying right there looking at us. And I just went, and I just put my arms around him in prayer. I said, devil, you can't have this boy. He belongs to me. You done messed with the wrong guy. You can touch me, but you can't touch my kid. Men, we need some men in this church who will fight for their families. We need some praying men 
who will engage in the battle for the souls of their children and for their wives and their households. We send some men who will fight the enemy, who will stand in the gap and engage in spiritual warfare through prayer and say, not on my watch. You will not have the mind, the body, and the souls of my kids. I want every man in the house, every man who can hear me in my voice, I don't care what, if it's Sunday morning or what day of the week, I want to hear you say it and say it strong. I have the power of Christ living in me. Say it, man. Say it with me. I have the power of Christ living. Say it again. I have the power of Christ living in me. And as a priest, it is your job to lay hands upon your kids and to unleash that power into their lives. And so, uh, before we left, I told Judy, I, I called Judy and said, Judy, I told everybody I was going to be here this weekend, but I'm not. I'm not going to be here. I need you to take over. And she said, I got it. I said, my kid's in trouble. I'm going to be with my kid. And uh, I turned to Dallas, and I said, Dallas, whatever we go through, we're going to go through together. And uh, every time I could, I would call the hospital, and I would just tell them, hey, you tell James, Daddy's coming. Daddy's coming. Dad's going to be there. Dad's on the way. Dad, Mom and Dad's on the way. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. When we got there, we walked down that hallway, and when we turned in that, that room, and there he was sitting there, the very thir- first thoughts out of his mind, out of his mouth, first words, I knew you'd come. Men, one of the jobs of a dad is you got to step up and show up when your kids are in trouble because you are the priest over your house, and they need to know that the very power of Christ in you is present with them when they're in trouble. As men, uh, we got to be the priest over our house. And here's the final P. Here, here's the final letter, and this one is a prophet. <laughs> you go, what, me? Uh, be a prophet? Uh, here's what a prophet is. Uh, a prophet is someone who speaks into the future of a daughter or a son's life. You speak who they can become. You speak what they can do. You speak about God's possibilities into their life. You build them up into who God created them to be. You infuse in their young little minds the unlimited God possibilities of God's creative power in their life. Uh, In the scriptures, we learn about this mother named Rachel. And uh, Rachel was in childbirth, very difficult, painful childbirth with her, her second child. And uh, she was suffering greatly. And uh, I want to say something a little bit here just before I, before I finish what happened here in the scriptures is that, you know, sometimes we parents in our suffering, we got to be careful, moms and dads, about scarring our children with our own suffering. Let me repeat that. Oh, we got to be careful about scarring our children with our own suffering. Rachel was suffering. And when she gave birth to her child, she said his name will be Benoni, which means son of my sorrow or son of my suffering. Sometimes, moms and dads, uh, we unknowingly pass on the bitterness and the suffering of that man, of that other woman, of 
parents who did not show up in our life, sometimes we unknowingly pass on that dysfunction and that suffering to our children. But a strong father is a prophet over that kid's life. And so Jacob... After Rachel dies, I mean, Rachel names her child, and she just dies. Horrible moment. Can you imagine the suffering of a kid growing up knowing that his mother died giving him birth? And he walks into the tent, and the nurse, the midwife, is in the back holding that little boy. And she's weeping and crying, and she looks at Rachel, and she hands over the child into Jacob's arms and said, his name is, is Benoni. And Jacob says, no, it's not. His name is Benjamin. Benoni means son of my suffering, but Benjamin meant son of my strength, son of my power, and he prophesied over Benjamin's life. And you can imagine how dysfunctional a kid could be being born and is never knowing or experiencing his mother, but because of the prophecy, the speaking into his life of his father, a lineage of kings came from his loins that would lead Israel and would eventually give birth to a man named Jesus. I know many of the problems many of the men have in our church family is that you've never had a dad or a grandfather or someone lay hands and prophesy into your life of who God created and who called you to be. So this morning, we are going to break that curse of all the pathway men. This morning. This morning. And I'm calling out and I'm challenging every father, every grandfather, stepfather, foster father, I don't care the role you play, before the sun sets regardless of the day you read or you hear this, that you would call, you would text, you would go see the children under your covering. And you prophesy into their life. You speak God's promise and God's future and God's blessing, and you break the curse from that family tree. You break it. Come on, man. You can do this. I know some of you are saying, no, Pastor, I don't think I can. Well, I'm going to help you. Because some of you never had anyone lay hands on you. So I'm going to do it right now. So you can do it yourself. And if you're out there in the house, and if there's a father or a grandfather or a woman right there, or just a friend, someone that you want to have hands laid upon you men right now, just invite them to do that. Or maybe you kind of picture yourself having hands laid upon you. Or maybe you picture laying your hands upon your sons or your daughters or even upon, because I'm talking about all your children, laying your hands on all your children. But men, I want you to picture, I want you to feel my hands and the hands of God being laid upon you right now as I pray. Oh, Father God, good, good Father. who in your divine wisdom created us male and female. And in your divine wisdom, God, you knew in a family to be a need and a value of someone called a dad. Where little boys and little girls, God, could, could grow up 
and know without question that they are loved, that they are valued, that they are important, God, that they matter to you, God, that they will not have to carry all the junk of the family tree and all the dysfunction and all the questions about faith and about life and about truth, God, because of parents who just can't get their stuff figured out, God. So today, God, I lay hands, I lay hands upon every father and every grandfather, upon every stepfather. God, please forgive my tears. This is such a passion of mine. That children... Will not have to suffer. So give these men power, God. Give them grace. Give them courage, God, to lay their hands upon their own children and to speak life, forgiveness, and mercy, and hope, and thanksgiving into them. That you have plans to prosper them to give them a hope and a future. So God, I give you thanks for all the men in this church. For those fathers who get it and those fathers who want to get it. Uh, For those men who are just struggling, God, because their own fathers didn't know how and so now they don't know how. You surround them with good examples so they can become the husband's and the fathers, their family needs them to be and believes them to be. In the name of Jesus, the perfect Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. All right, guys, sorry, I didn't know where that came from. I guess it's a passion of mine, but you know what? Another passion of mine it is grilling. It is eating stuff off the grill. So I'm going to go check these guys out. I'll meet you out there. Happy Father's Day. Okay, guys, we're wrapping things up. We got everything cooked. So, Alan, what do we got here? So I have a New York strip um, topped with a white truffle butter on top of that. Got a couple of burgers with bacon and cheese, some brats, some chicken, and it's all ready to go. Hold on just a second. I see forks right here. Here, here you go. Here you go. Which, which one? Where can I go? Take them out of the stack. Right there. You ready? Cheers. 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 Happy Father's Day. Mmm. See you guys. Have a great day. It's delicious. It's been outstanding. Happy Father's Day. Thank Alan, you, Alan, thank you very much thank for you, being thank here. You, thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Later. That is great. <laughs> <laughs>